Hi, and welcome to Advanced Care Planning in Canada, the Speak Up podcast. I'm your host, Laurel Gillespie, Director of Advanced Care Planning in Canada Initiative with the Canadian Hospice Palliative Care Association. Today, we welcome Dr. Emmett Aria, joining us from the Brampton Civic Hospital, which is part of the William Osler Health System in Brampton, Ontario. Dr. Arya is a palliative care physician, researcher, and educator who is also a passionate advocate for advanced care planning in Canada. He also steadfastly advocates that palliative care is a universal human right. Welcome, Dr. Arya. Thank you so much, Laurel, for having me on this podcast. It's a delight and a pleasure to have you with us today. I'll begin our discussion around the importance of advanced care planning in Canada by asking you a couple of questions, if you don't mind. And the first question I'd like to ask you is, can you tell us a little bit about your medical background and why you chose palliative care? Yeah, so I I think I have, or I like to think I have a bit of an interesting journey, which led me to this point in my career. Um, I sort of um, did medical school at UBC out west and I graduated in 2003 and subsequently did family medicine residency at the University of Alberta in Edmonton from 2003 to 2005 and for many years afterwards, uh, close to 10 years, I worked as a community family physician in Brampton and uh, Brampton, as many people will know, is sort of a suburb of the GTA I really had a passion, you know, through my family practice for looking after seniors, for psychotherapy and so on. But to be very honest, I didn't know anything about palliative care. It wasn't part of my training. It wasn't part of, you know, my experience. I had no courses in palliative care. And reflecting back on that time, I I really would feel that there were patients that could have benefited from me having that knowledge. But unfortunately, you know, I, I just didn't have, I just didn't know what to do in those situations. And I was one of the few doctors who actually did home visits in the Brampton area and accepted new patients. And I was part of a family health team where there were sort of nurse practitioners and other allied health staff that would support us. And one day we got a referral for a patient with palliative care needs at home who had congestive heart failure. And I actually didn't didn't want to accept that referral. But one of our sort of uh, like one of my colleagues, uh, you know, from the family health team was standing next to me and said, well, actually, this is something you should really consider. You have the right personality. You would be just such a great fit. And if you're worried about it, I'll come with you. And I'll sort of, you know, guide you through how to learn a little bit more about palliative care. So I just remember that patient in that sort of situation so fondly because um, it was just something which was so different from what I was used to in that there was such a closeness uh, that one could feel with the patient. There was sort of such an element of supporting the family and sort of helping them to achieve, you know, uh, care that was congruent with their goals and not be in hospital and so on. So that was, I believe, in 2014, about six years ago. Um, When I was working in family practice, then afterwards I started taking on more and more home palliative care patients after that point because I just enjoyed it so much. I started reading a lot about palliative care. Uh, Eventually I took the LEAP course and, uh, and this was in the fall of 2015. And then I joined uh, Brampton Civic Hospital, William Moser Health System, where I'm still at now. And it just so happened actually on basically in, during my um, IT orientation that I met my current boss, Dr. Martin Chasen, who was very kind enough to give me a chance and to hire me to work here, firstly part-time. 
So I worked part-time for some months subsequently, but then I found it very hard to juggle working in family practice and palliative care. So eventually I made that very hard decision of sort of leaving family practice and working full-time in palliative care. And as part of that, I did a traineeship where I sort of, uh, it was a 12-month sort of training plan that I developed and Dr. Chasen was my supervisor. And it was through the College of um, um, the College of, Phys of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, the CPSO, through their Scope of Practice Change Program, where I really wanted to kind of upgrade my skills and my knowledge with respect to specialist palliative care, which is the setting in which I'm, I'm very lucky to work in now. That's quite an amazing uh, story to hear how you became involved in palliative care and congratulations for you. And I'm happy to hear that um, someone encouraged you to, to go beyond your comfort zone. I was wondering though, if you could share with us today, your feelings on the importance of having an advanced care plan in place. Yeah, well, I think from a literature perspective, we definitely know that having an advanced care plan is is, is very much linked to better outcomes at end of life. Um, it's, I, I find it a very proactive approach to engaging patients and communities to speak about issues that normally people don't want to talk about. And of course, that's sort of our whole sort of um, uh, slogan, right? Where we ask people to speak up, to let their wishes be known to their loved ones, to people around them, to their healthcare providers, and you know anybody else that's important, they would receive care that would be that would be congruent with those wishes. Exactly, I'm really glad that you mentioned that, and and it is true. You know these conversations are not always the easiest ones to have, but documenting your values and your beliefs and and your desires in terms of your healthcare planning is really important. So. One of the things we advocate for is that a life well lived is really a life well planned. And, and that includes having um, the discussions around what your health care needs might look like one day when you're not able to speak up for yourself. So um, thank you that for that. But I'm just going to reflect back a little bit on um, engaging communities. I wondered if you might be able to share um, some information about the research that you've been doing about having these difficult conversations in various cultural settings around the advanced care planning process. Yeah, so I can share that, I mean, some of it is research and some of it is actually education around how, uh, you know, having essential conversations, as we like to call it, um, may differ uh, depending on cultural and religious values. So firstly, perhaps I can tell you a little bit about research. Specifically, we have done a study where my, one of my colleagues, Dr. Nahid Dosani, is actually the primary investigator. And I'm also one of the co-investigators looking at perceptions of palliative care in the South Asian population. And, you know, some of that did focus on essential conversations where we did learn that many of the, many, I mean, many of the, of the participants in the study, unfortunately, had never heard of palliative care. But when we asked them about the, the things that were important to them, if they were to become more sick, and who they would want looking after them, they actually shared things that we can all relate to which I think we can say are universal human values, where people said they wanted their loved ones, their family to be around them. They didn't want to be in pain. They didn't want to be over-medicalized and so on. And that's an important point to note because we, we kind of see and we know from the data that sort of being part of a, of a ethnic minority population is actually one of the biggest risks to receiving inappropriate and harmful care at end of life. So that's one of the studies. I mean, I can share that currently we are actually starting a systematic review on 
inclusion criteria for advanced care planning studies in Canada and the US where we want to see who are the people that are being included. Is it representative of our populations and does it more importantly include populations that actually don't receive good advanced care planning at this time. So I can share that's a study that's sort of ongoing. That's that's incredible the work that you're doing. Yeah. It's going to be exciting to see how that unfolds in the in the next few years. I'm wondering if, as we kind of wrap up our interview today, if you have any tips or tricks, any words of wisdom from your experience in your practice in starting these difficult conversations with patients and loved ones. Is there any advice you could give to help people to start those conversations or to have them? Absolutely. So this is a topic that I love speaking about when I'm, whenever I'm with medical learners and so on. And it's often one of the big reasons people are like we see medical students and residents wanting to do a palliative care rotation is to help with a better skill set in order to have these essential conversations. So one of the, one of the things I tell them is that we need to work on building relationships. We need to connect with other human beings. And there's sort of a saying I like to put out there, which is, connection before content. And especially from a physician perspective, I can tell you, Laurel, that physicians are actually very guilty of not following that at all. Physicians will often come into the room with their own agenda. And, you know, frankly speaking, most physicians or almost everyone is very rushed and under time pressures. But we have to kind of take a step back in in some of these situations. We have to understand that this is sort of the patient's conversation first and not ours. We're really sort of a guest in their life and a guest in the room. And, and, and I think taking that perspective and sort of taking a step back and reflecting, um, you know, sort of not on our own priorities, but rather on the patient or family's priorities makes a big difference. I just wanted to uh, follow up with that. In some of my conversations, I always like to say it's, it's like the bond that ties us together. Um, and it's, it's the humanistic side of it is that we're all impacted by advanced care planning and palliative care. And it's Absolutely. that human connection that we all have in common. Um, yep. You know, the only certainty in all of the uncertainty around life and death is that we're all going to pass one day. And we want to do what we can to make sure that it's as, as good an experience, not only for you as the patient, um, but also for your families and loved ones. So is there anything else that you might like to add to our conversation today? I just wanted to re-emphasize how um, cultural and linguistic barriers are some of the biggest barriers for seniors and sort of ill patients to access healthcare and also to receive proper palliative care and end-of-life care. We know this from research that um, uh, patients who are immigrants are much more likely to receive aggressive care at end of life. And I do feel that there is a big role for advanced care planning to be culturally validated, culturally adapted, and be used in the community uh, as a tool to bring equity to these populations. And I really feel that that should be a priority um, so that we can achieve our dream of palliative care and proper end of life care as a universal human right. I completely uh, concur and I agree with you 100% there is that, you know, we need to ensure that we're doing what we can today to, to create the stage in the right environment that quality and accessible palliative care exists and, and, and is available no matter where you live and no matter what your cultural or ethnic background is so that we yeah. are treated fairly and equitably across yeah. Canada. 
So thank you for that. I'd like to take the time to, to express our gratitude and our, our heartfelt thanks for you taking the time out of your busy schedule um, to participate today in our podcast. And it would be nice to follow up with you. Um, maybe you can suggest a time to follow up with you with as your research unfolds. So I think this is a very important aspect of, of research that's happening today around fair and equitable access to appropriate care. So thank you again for on behalf of the Canadian Hospice Palliative Care Association and in particular Advanced Care Planning in Canada initiative. So I'd like to thank you for joining us today and sharing your thoughts and ideas. So for those of you who would like more information, please feel free to visit our website, www.advancecareplanning.ca. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you so much. Till next time, be well.